Mike Rags and Todd Burlage with a Blue Gold Report podcast. Fighting Irish sports from the inside out. Subscribe to the Blue Gold Report. It's not just talk, it's the Blue Gold Report. everybody it's time for another blue gold report podcast i'm mike rags with me as always is todd burlage we'll bring him in here in a second i've got some business to take care of as in our proud sponsors are d.o mccomb and and sons funeral homes of course uh wherever you found the show whether it's uh via podcast where you downloaded us just make sure you rate and review us and share us and if you're listening on our ESPN 1380 100.9 fm don't forget the fighting irish preview coming up right after the show with Phil Houck and Tim Priester. Uh, let's bring in our uh, resident expert. He, of course, is the uh, head writer for all things Notre Dame sports, and that is our good friend Todd Burlage over at Blue Gold Illustrated. Todd, how you doing? Doing well, Rags. Yourself? Uh, not too bad. Uh, did you get to go to the thing called Garth this past week, or what? Uh, I was going to go tailgate for it, but uh, I was looking out my window and watching my pool cl- cover just about blow away, wow. so I thought, uh, you know what, I think I'll just stay put. I wouldn't even sit down a football game in that weather, let alone Garth Brooks. Right, exactly. <laughs> As we record this uh, podcast, another concert coming to town at the Joyce Center, uh, or Purcell Pavilion, I don't know what you call it now, but uh, Tim McGraw in, uh, in April, I think. So more country artists coming to town. Call me when Bon Jovi plays the stadium, and then I'll be there. There you and go. And make sure it's in spring or summer months. <laughs> <laughs> not October. Uh, all right, Todd, we got a lot to do, even though it was a bye week. We're going to talk about a lot of the travel that uh, the Notre Dame football team is going to have to endure now, starting with this trip out west to San Diego uh, as they get ready for Navy this weekend. Um, Brian Kelly talking about how kids are going to get acclimated and how he's changed his approach now for uh, to avoid the November swoon, which is something that we repeatedly bring up here uh, on this show, unfortunately. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, what it means now to be the number three team as OSU went down to a fellow Indiana school, Purdue, which was a lot of fun to watch. i got to tell you, I had a blast watching that game last Saturday night, and they've got a they've got a, a wide receiver that is just out of this world right now. How Purdue scored that is beyond me. We'll get a little basketball in there, too, because uh, practice is uh, underway, and they're, and they're traveling as well. So we'll we'll talk about all that, uh, and it's all on this Blue Gold Report. But we always start with what's going on in the Nugget Department with some Blue Gold Nuggets. Let's go to Todd Burlage. Todd, what do you got? All right, Rags, a uh, three-pack here. Let's start with a little hockey. Uh, Notre Dame, after a 3-0-1 start that was capped by a sweep of Nebraska-Omaha over the weekend, has now moved up to number one in the country, uh, leapfrogging Minnesota Duluth. Uh, Minnesota Duluth lost to Minnesota uh, and tied, so they have a blemished record where Notre Dame is now stands at 3-0-1. I mention this, I bring this up because number one versus number two goes down at Compton Ice Arena this weekend. Friday at 7, Minnesota Duluth is in town, and then they wrap up a, a two-game series Saturday at 5 o'clock, so it'll be a lot of fun. Actually, I bought a couple tickets to that. Nice. And yeah, looking forward to going uh, for sure. Uh, moving on to a little football, the Northwestern game becomes another night game for Notre Dame. It was announced this week. It's either going to kick off at 7.15 Eastern or 7.30 Eastern. That's going to depend on whether the game airs on ESPN or ABC. We'll have to wait and see what happens there. Brian Kelly was asked if he was concerned about that. He said, I don't really care. It won't affect how we prepare. So uh, another night game. Let's see. So far, Notre Dame has beaten Michigan, Stanford, and Virginia Tech at night. This weekend's game against Navy will be a primetime game. Now Northwestern will be a primetime game. 
Florida State was still a primetime game on the schedule, that home game, and then USC to be announced, which I assume that will be a primetime game as well. So uh, something to look for. There are a lot of night games there for Notre Dame. And finally, your injury report here. Jafar Armstrong, after missing three games with that knee infection, he's back. He's practiced all this week. Brad Kelly expects him to play. Uh, just not sure how much he's going to be able to. He's Notre Dame's third leading rusher with 245 yards. He does lead the team in rushing touchdowns with five. Junior cornerback Troy Pride, who missed the pit game with an ankle sprain. He's been back at practice all week this week, and he's expected to start. And senior place kicker Justin Yoon, he's been he's been had he's had an aggravated groin, right? Mm, yeah, I've had that too. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, haven't we all? Haven't we all? But uh, Brian Kelly doesn't see, he doesn't think there's going to be any problems there with him. He just kind of rested up during the bye week, and he needs to tag on his his record. I mean, it's never yeah. safe. You want to get as many points as possible. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And just one other personnel note: uh, sophomore. Aaron Banks will move over and actually become the starter at left guard. That's obviously the position Alec Bars held down until he was injured. Uh, Trevor Rulin moves to right guard to battle with Tommy Kramer. Uh, so something to watch there along the offensive line. And those are your blue gold nuggets. All right, let's talk some uh, turkey now. And, uh, you know, when we, we, we talked a lot about the travel aspect of their schedule earlier on before the season even started. And I don't think either one of us expected them to be 7-0 and at the time. And a couple of the teams, although some of the teams that are left on the schedule we thought would be ranked in pretty important games, these turn into important games now because they're must-win games that right. they're now going to be favored in. Um, and some of them by multiple touchdowns. Um, and, and it could mean a, a spot in the playoffs. Uh, they are now the number three team in the country. So um, the travel aspect of it all, cross-country, not once, but twice uh, within an, a, a few weeks. It's, it's, this is where it all starts now, going out to San Diego. This is a bigger deal now that the, they're playing for all the marbles. Yeah, it really is. That's a really good point. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I was looking at it. You, know, you talk about Navy out in San Diego, and then Northwestern, obviously, just a, a short drive there. Uh, but still a road game and a prime time game. Uh, Syracuse out in New York and then back to the West Coast with USC. It's a total of 10,740 miles round trip, Rags. That's a lot. I hope lot. they all have Amex cards, yeah. right? <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of travel right there. As a matter of fact, I was kind of trying to do some research and look at some of the other teams. The closest, the next closest I could find is Oklahoma. They have 3,200 total round wow. trip miles. So it's not even in the ballpark. Brian Kelly is aware of all this, obviously, and he's trying to work through this. Knows what he's up against, and I like what he's doing for this San Diego trip. He's he's doing this a little bit differently. He wants to keep his kids on East Coast time. He wants to keep their internal clocks on East Coast time, even though he's playing out West. And one of the moves he's doing, the most important move that he's doing here, they're actually going to spend the night in San Diego after the game. Oh. Typically, they would take that late flight home sure. and whatnot, but then you get back on Sunday, you're all goofed up, you're trying to get your body right. So instead of arriving home at 4 a.m. on Sunday morning, they'll get back at 4 p.m. on Sunday. I think it's a really good move. I think it's a smart move, Rags. And it just has to set you up for these four road games in the last five. And I think it's an important first step for him for sure. Uh, so no time for the San Diego Zoo. Is that what you're telling me now or what? <laughs> Maybe a little extra time. Yeah, you got a whole extra day to get out there. That's yeah, true. Get up on Sunday. but. Here's kind of Brian Kelly talking about it. He breaks it down here and what the thought process was for kind of switching this around and how he expects it all to work. We're much more interested in on the way out, hydration, making sure that the kids stay up and we stay on the Eastern Standard Clock on the way out. Um, We're really just trying to take this as a quick business trip out, um, use the flight back as a rest 
kind of recovery uh, on the way back. Um, Sundays for our guys um, sometimes are um, met with, if it's a home game, you know, going out with their family, doing a lot of things up on their feet. They'll be on a flight for four and a half hours, maybe picking up a little bit more rest. So this was really about, you know, trying to, you know, make sure that when we get back here sometime around four o'clock, um, that we don't put ourselves behind relative to the rest uh, and recovery. So I think that that's really the most important thing. Getting out there hydrated, staying on the Eastern Standard Clock, playing the game, staying over, get a good night's sleep, get on the plane, and, and again, using that as an opportunity to rest so when we get back here, we're not feeling any of the effects of, of the West Coast trip. That's smart, and it does help, obviously, that they got the bye week leading up into it, mm-hmm. so that helps the early travel there. I, honestly, looking at everything all told, it's the trip to New York that I'm more worried about than the trip going out there, A, a because of the opponent, but B, because you did this one first and now you're doing that one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But now that's up the line a little bit, little bit, obviously. You know, you'll have to survive this Northwestern thing and then a home game against Florida State. Are they bussing that, the Northwestern? Game? Yeah, is that what yeah I'm sure they would. Yeah, that would be probably a lot easier. But all this is, in, I know this game, this San Diego game against the Navy, I realize it's an October game. But again, we, we keep talking about it. We keep talking about it for good reason. This really is setting up Brian Kelly's team. He's, he's starting the November process now, and he's doing so. I, I love the idea, again, uh, of keeping his kids on East Coast time. I think that's a smart move. And when you look at November, 3-9 and nine in the last 12 games for Brian Kelly. If you go back to the 2013 season, they're only 7-13. and 13. So a lot going on here. And I, Brian Kelly talked this week, which I thought was pretty interesting. He was asked about his demeanor. Has it changed as a coach? And he sort of 4-8 and eight debacle of 2016. What a mess that was. He's screaming at the coordinator. Yeah, his yeah, face is yeah. on fire and whatnot. He said, you know, I, I'm still learning as a coach as well, and I'm still evolving. And after that 2016 mess, in 2017, he flushed his entire coaching staff darn near, had six new coaches on field, and then a whole new strength uh, strength and conditioning staff. He did all that, and then he also took a look at himself. He said, you know what, I'm detached. I'm kind of the king on the throne up here. I'm not around the players enough. I'm not, I'm not engaging that. with them. Yeah. And he said that's really helped. And So when he was asked about his demeanor this week, this is how he explained it. And I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was worth a play. You mentioned before we went on air that don't we do this every year? Don't it we talk? just seems like it. It yeah. seems like we're talking about how this is an, a new and improved Brian Kelly every year. Yeah, I suppose. While all these coaches get fired around him, this is a new and improved Brian Kelly. Yeah, and I think this conversation comes up mainly when he's 7-0. and oh, <laughs> But then after the 2-2 two and two November, you yeah. know, that kind of gets squelched a little bit. But uh, anyhow, here is Brian Kelly kind of evaluating himself a little bit. You know, I just think that uh, our team responds better uh, if I'm – you know, able to, um, you know, interact with them, be there, um, lead them, uh, and, and, and they react. If I'm confident and I'm in a good position for them, they feed off of that. So um, just maturing and being a better football coach. You know, I think Notre Dame is unique. You know, I, I think that uh, I think my realizations are more more in line where you're always on TV more so than um, 
you know, my, my emotions, you know, you, you know, you could still be an emotional coach. You can still have a fiery side to you. It's just at Notre Dame, it's, it's a lot more difficult to do it because there's a camera on you the whole time. Um, so, you know, I had to make a conscious decision is that, you know, if I was at a different place, I could still have that and still lead, but you can't do it here. Just uh, calm down. <laughs> Deep breath. Things, keep calm, right? Isn't that a, one of the sayings? And everything's going to be okay. Uh, but you bring up a good point here. It, he's got people around him now that'll probably help him out a little bit more than they used to in the past. I think that's a big thing. You know, um, you got so used to see him again screaming at Brian Van Gorder when things went wrong. Well, who probably didn't want to scream at him? <laughs> but, but he said, you know, he, he likes Clark Lee because Clark Lee keeps his demeanor in good shape. You know, when you're talking about you know, in-game adjustments and communication. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, sometimes I speak in, in riddles. Um, you know, I, I think what, what I'm talking about in terms of calm, getting answers to questions keeps me calm. Um, you know, uh, proffering solutions to, to things that are happening in-game instead of, I don't know what's going on. That, that keeps me calm. Um, so I think I'm, it's, it's much more about having dialogue that's short, to the point, valid solutions that keeps any head coach when you're dealing with an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, whomever it might be, um, you're, you're getting that. And then, you know, his, his demeanor allows that to kind of translate um, with the with the players as well. Well, it's all well and good, and um, <laughs> all right, right. And I can't be critical if they lose against Navy because it's October, not November. But uh, we'll see. Again, um, we've we've prefaced this all every year, uh, the last four games of the year, saying, "Oh, I think it might be different," and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's not when they it's it's when they get punched in the face in this month and they lose. I, even if they lose, I just don't go off the rails. Keep it together. I know they need to win every game to get in the playoffs here, right, right? But that's what's always bothered me about his teams in November. Once they're out, they're out, and they don't even care, you know. And then it's and then it's pretty apparent on the field. I haven't seen anything, you know. Obviously, uh, fitness and and stamina were big topics before and during last season, and that all kind of you know we were celebrating. It looked great, but it all kind of fell apart at the end of the season. I've not nothing has shown me or indicates to me that that's going to happen again this year. Of course, these November well, swoons sneak up on you a lot of times, and then you don't have the, uh, you don't get help from the TV networks putting a whammy on uh, Notre Dame before this week, scheduling the Northwestern game to be a prime time game. Now, you know this is these are things that bother me. You know, I don't yeah, need right. to look forward to when that being a night game. We've got business to take care of this weekend. Yeah, it's safe to say everything's going to be a night game to this point, other than that New York Yankees uh, that Yankee Stadium uh, two thirty start with Syracuse, but. You know, Notre Dame, or Notre Dame and Brian Kelly, they're just trying to stay the course. And I know it's cliche, it really is cliche, but now they're number three in the country after Ohio State got bumped off by Purdue. So they just steadily climb up. Rags, you mentioned it. You can't lose a game if you're Notre Dame. Your schedule just won't hold up to that. You don't have a championship game, That's extra the key. game to, uh, to play in. So you just really do have to take one game at a time. And Brian Kelly said he's just really trying to keep his troops grounded. Sorry about that. I mean, I, I didn't go in front of them and say, hey, did you guys watch the Ohio State-Purdue game? Um, they all have phones. They all have TVs. I'm sure they they know. I mean, I'm 
you know, they probably heard a million times when they went home how they didn't play great against Pittsburgh. They know where they are, and they have to stay focused and, you know, stick with their process. And, and um, I know you all hear that all the time, but if, if you don't have a process that you can stick with, then, then you're, you're going to listen to all that stuff. But if, if you just stick with, you know, your preparation and what your process is, then, um, you know, you can focus on the moment and not worry about all that other stuff. How do you avoid distractions, I think, is where we try to do a really good job on, um, you know, the mental performance piece and, you know, sticking with what, um, what matters the most, and that is in, in your preparation and, and how that will affect, ultimately, uh, your success. All that other stuff really just won't, it won't help you. Well, what I got out of the Notre Dame, the Purdue angle there is anybody recruit Rondell Moore? I mean, anybody go to his house <laughs> right. from the Notre Dame staff? Oh my God, this guy is unbelievable. What a player. And then really exciting to see Purdue get that win. Yeah, they're on the uptick, man. No, very much. And they lost, look, they lost their first three games, two of them with last second field goals. You know, they were bad losses all at home, but they could have easily won those games and they'd be in the top 25 if those two field goals were missed. Uh, that's besides the point, but kudos to to Brom and, and, and what he's doing out there. But let's concentrate on what BK and the boys are doing here. We don't want to spend a lot of time on Navy because there's, I mean, even for a Navy team, this is a down season. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you would think um, getting all the travel stuff out of the way, they should roll here on Saturday. Yeah, well, Navy has a bigger travel <laughs> agenda than, uh, than Notre Dame <laughs> at this point. And uh, there are some rumblings of these two teams meeting in Dublin again fairly soon. Nice. Um, I'll keep an eye on that. But yeah, Navy 2-5. and five. Losers are four in a row. You just don't see that very often <clears throat> when it comes to consistent programs 9 10 wins every year you know you can't they, they go to a bowl you can't can't keep them down no matter what just plug in the next pieces this one does not fit the script uh of course something that does fit the script is they are number 3 in the country in rushing offense yep. we, that's they're always a uh, one two or three in that stat every year and that hasn't changed what has changed for me rags number 107 in scoring defense Giving up 34.3 points a game. I know they're always undersized and a little bit outmanned on that side of the football. But at the same time, they're pesky enough. And, and they usually they, keep the ball enough. Yeah, the other exactly. team doesn't and, have and, the ball. And they shorten these games to the point where you, you don't see a number like that. So um, they're, they're giving up a lot of these yards through the air. So that's something that Notre Dame might be able to benefit from. The Irish have won 6 of 7 in this series. And this will be game number 92 in a row. In a row Ooh. since 1927. That is uh, quite remarkable. And that, it's not going anywhere anywhere nope, soon. That's so. for sure. So uh, Notre Dame, a uh, 24-point favorite for what it's worth. So uh, like you said, the Irish should not have any huge issues in this one. If they were home, I'd be more worried. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because, you're, yeah, you're on to something there. You want to give a quick prediction here? I'm, say, I'm thinking 38-7. to 7. Is that what you're going with? Uh, uh, Notre Dame, by the way. Yeah, well, yeah, I figured, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to go off. Uh, I think Notre Dame's going to score some points again. I like 41-10. All right, we do have some time to talk about some basketball, and we'll get to the women in a second who are just, you know, this is what happens when you win the national championship. The accolades keep rolling down. If you take a look at the all-ACC team for the women, it, they, they could basically have the all-first team. But we'll talk about that in a second. Let's talk about the men first uh, and, and who's back and what we're looking forward to here with uh, Mike Bray and the boys. Yeah, a lot of good news coming out this week uh, in, in recent days. Uh, DJ Harvey, obviously a sophomore forward this year, uh, the freshman, hotshot freshman from DeMatha High School, 
really was kind of on the upswing last year. Um, what did he play in uh, 19 games? Was kind of showing some improvement, uptick. Notre Dame's expecting a lot out of him, especially when you had the injuries to uh, Colson and Farrell. Uh, a lot was asked of him. Well, he ended up having a very severe knee injury, too. Probably the worst of all of them. Um, Actual surgery on that. That sucker just did not want to heal. It was so bad that after the surgery rags, he was told he couldn't even walk on it for six months. So they didn't really know what his status was. Well, he's been cleared to play. He's practicing. Looks good. Uh, obviously, the stamina is, is a question. And he even said himself, some confidence issues about that knee, you know, which I think a lot of times the physical recovery is not as tough as the mental recovery, and he kind of alluded to that. So all systems look to be go on his return and hopefully a fine season again. But what's interesting about it, you know, in football you get four games to decide if you want to redshirt or not. In basketball you get seven. So no. they're thinking about taking seven games to see where Harvey is, see what they think, see if they should just keep him in there or if they should pull the plug on him. So that's going to be a story we'll have to follow um, for sure. And this team will actually open play Thursday um, here at Purcell Pavilion. That's, Marion, right? Uh, yep, yep, yeah. yep. A Central State. Oh, Central State. Central they, State. I thought they had Marion. Maybe I'm thinking of Purdue. Well, somebody's got Marion on their count. Yeah, Central State. And then the regular season will start November 6th against Illinois-Chicago. A little bit more good news. Uh, if you remember uh, the high-powered forward Chris Doherty. Yeah, uh, six eight two uh six eight two twenty. He was the guy that had some family issues mm-hmm. and left the team during summer school and skipped the Bahamas trip and, and went back home to be with his family in Massachusetts. I love that Mike Bray was patient with him, said, look, work out whatever you have to do. You're invited back. The door is open. Please come back. We want you back. He is back. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Now, Mike Bray said that he has closed that gap from what he missed to where he is now. He said he's done a great job of closing that gap. Bray has not ruled out that he won't automatically redshirt this kid. He's a Dennis Rodman-type player. He's, he's sort of a junkyard dog, as Mike Bray calls him. So good news. Hopefully we're not the off-the-court stuff. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, he played at Marlboro High School in Massachusetts. 19.7 points a game, 12.3 rebounds, 4.5 blocks, and 3.1 assists. That's wow. a heck of a stat line. Yeah. Um, and one other one other men's basketball note, Jeff Goodman, the fine writer who has now moved on to Stadium Basketball Insider, um, he rated out the top 30 shooters in college basketball. And Nate Lazuski for Notre Dame, a freshman, 6'10", 200 pounds, list him as the number seven best shooter in the country and the number one freshman. And I repeat that, 6'10", 200 pounds, wow. he considers the best shooter in the country. So that's a guy who is not going to redshirt. Can he play wide receiver? <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting. I, I did notice they didn't really get a – they got some love, but not a lot of no, love in the in the, in the the AP preseason poll. Uh, Kansas is number one, um, third season under Bill Self. Uh, Purdue, I was a little surprised too, with Carson Edwards on the team. They're only 24. Notre Dame, I get it. Um, they get they did get a couple of votes, but uh, they're, they're still on the outside looking in. Oh, look, I hate preseason polls yeah, anyway, right, right, but right. it would have been nice to get a little more love. Yeah, I think they came in about 30th, yeah. somewhere there, about five outside looking in. And that's fine, to be honest with you, Rags. 
Mike Bray does his best work when his They're team not, is, yeah. is not being celebrated. And what are you going to do? You lost Colson and Farrell. You know, you lost your it's two best players. So I, I think they're probably slated about where they should be. Now, on the other side of the spectrum are, <laughs> right. is a team that got seemed to get stronger because Brianna Turner's back this year. Everybody's pretty much back with a national championship team. And now it's a question is, all right, can Muffet mm-hmm. attack this season at a different angle? They are on top of the mountain now, not Connecticut. And you look at four preseason All-America team uh, on the team. Uh, this is the team that everybody's going to want to beat. You're going to get the best every night. Yeah. Um, Mabry, Ogabawale, Shepard, and Turner are all back. Uh, and, and the only way is to win it all again, Todd. There's, there's no, you're not looking up at anybody anymore. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic that Muffet is up against. You know, you, you can't, you have to look forward. You can't sure. look back. You know, you can't rest on your laurels. And the other thing, they got a, a nice group of freshmen in as well. Well, that Jordan Nixon, she, she yep. got recognition as well. Yep. Uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a scary good team. It, it really is. It might be one of the best uh, women's basketball teams ever assembled. I think you could make a case for that, anyways. But you know, definitely on this campus. Uh, you know, when they when they play when they did all that last year with only five girls, you know, it's the thing that Muffet talked about is he's like these these, these returning mm-hmm. starters. They're not going to be in a big hurry to give up their minutes. They sort of took a liking to playing the entire Absolutely. game, uh, which is interesting. But yeah, you mentioned the four; those those four that you mentioned are all ACC players. Um, and then you mentioned Nixon; she's on the newcomer watch list. Ogunbowale; she is a preseason player of the year in the ACC. Uh, Mabry is on the Nancy Lieberman watch list for best point guard. And again, Enrique is on the Ann Myers Drysdale watch list for best shooting guard. The girls will open their season Tuesday, October 30th against Lewis University. That's crazy. Uh, I'm so excited about uh, and then getting Brianna back. I mean, that that's the thing. It's like they won it without her. Putting putting her on yeah. this team now, you get a, a recruit. This feels like getting a new recruit that's coming in. She's got a whole year of rested legs. Yes, that's the only thing I worry about. They played a lot of extra basketball last year, uh, literally too. Will that affect them early season here? I doubt it. That's I a lot of time they're, they're off. Young, but they're kids. Yeah, we say that. Seems like it always affects the football team, though. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and then of course now Erica is a superstar. Yeah, you know this is one of the first times. Uh, that they've had a real superstar that's accomplished something with the team, on the team. And uh, it'd be interesting to see that dynamic as well, how that plays out, how Ogun Bawale now is. is it, mm-hmm. Nobody's going to sp- say her name wrong anymore, Todd. That's basically how that, yes, what happens. Starting with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's going to be a fun year uh, on, on both sides, men's and, 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 and women. Obviously, we've got... Things are looking good on campus right now with the hockey team and the soccer teams and 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 obviously this football team that's undefeated. Todd, we have a lot to talk about even when they're good, don't we? Yes, we do. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned Ogunbowale and Mabry on your perimeter, and then you got Jess Shepard and Bree Turner on the inside. My word. I mean, even uh, Gino Amaretto's probably like, oh boy, what are I going to do this year? Right? Yeah, exactly. And when you exactly. got him on the ropes, you're in good shape. <laughs> Don't right. very often. Todd, uh, we got one in the books. We'll do it all over again. D.O. McComb and Sons brings you the Blue Gold Report. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Blue Gold Report. Coming up next, if you're listening on the radio, is the Fighting Irish Preview with Phil Houck and uh, Tim Priester. Todd, I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, Rex. Thanks, man. This has been a presentation of Opt-In Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media.
podcast by Federated Media.